welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Orion. Fun fact. How many times I get emails and get called Ryan? I just think that's interesting. Not Ryan Reynolds. It's my cousin. Not really. What's up, everybody? My name is CJ Reynolds, and this is Sunday Night Teacher Talk that happens in the afternoon, 1 p.m. every single Sunday, uh, Eastern Standard Time, that is. Um, and we, uh, why does that look a little blurry? I don't know. I'm going to have to fix that situation right here on camera. Uh, so we are, uh, this is, like, we're coming up on, I need to find the date. We're coming up on the fifth year that we've been doing this. I'm, I'm going to just clean this camera right here. I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and <laughs> Just hang on. Just hang on. <laughs> I think it looks gross. My son touches things. Maybe that looks better. I have no idea. Um, coming up on five years. Did this first show five years ago with Miss May. Um, it was so long. What, the, the talk? So long ago. I mean, oh, sorry, yeah. incomplete thought. <laughs> that was... But that's when it was Teacher Talk Live, and it happened on Sundays and I had guests. Um, but then I, then guests, it just gets weird. It's hard. It was around. hard to do with guests or guests prior to like all of these be live and stream. Oh, the tech wasn't there at all. No, when we tried to do it, it was you now. We you had, now it was the only thing that sucked. existed to do. It was the worst. Yeah, it's so it was glitchy, intense. and you had to like teach people how to use it before they came on. It was really difficult to coordinate. <laughs> so now it's just easier to do it on your own. So anyone, uh, anyway, everyone, um, here's the idea. If you're new here, if you've oh. never been here before, what's up? That crafty preschooler said she, because I remember that talk with Mr. Thane. That was the second, I think that was our first or second. It was second. One, the second one that we ever did, yeah. Thane was second, and then, I mean, we had all the OGs she's a, on back she's then. She's an OG, yeah. Well, even Harper just being around. Awesome. Sorry. Andrew. Anyway, so you can go back. Those are actually podcasts too. We put those out as podcasts on third Fridays, yep. something like that. Like all the OG episodes of like, I mean, everyone from like too cool was on there and, uh, people don't even do YouTube anymore. Yeah, Thane doesn't do YouTube anymore. He was on there. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of great yeah, Joe Dombrowski. There's some like randos in there. Like before Joe Dombrowski like really blew up and ended up on, I think before he ended up on Ellen. And no, I think it was right on, after it was on Was Ellen. it? Yeah. Um, my man, yeah, Ray Fesquith. Charlotte. Yeah. Yep. Darren Akihara. Tracy knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So those are, those are fun. We should do like a, should do like a anniversary episode. I shouldn't say this stuff out loud. No, you internet. shouldn't. Just be quiet. Okay. I'll be quiet now. Um, anyway, thank you, wife keeping me in line. Mm -hmm. If you have a question and you've never been here before, the way that this works is you are going to drop that question down in the, uh, in the chat. You can put a Q next to it, or if you would like to come on live, um, you can go right into the description box. It's going to tell you exactly how to do it. You click the link, takes you to a special little location, fill out like a couple things of information just so that we know you're an actual human being. And then it will take you, bring you to the link to, to be in here. And then you'll, come on live and you can ask your question and stuff like that. So, um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think we're just leaving it that simple this week. I don't have to give all the rest of the preamble. We're just going, we're just going for it. Um, do you have a question already or should I? Uh, no, go. I have a question from Caitlin. Um, she is asking, I'm thinking about switching content areas from 
high school. Oh, I'm glad she said she's <laughs> FACS, which is family and consumer science to uh, math. Do you have any advice? I just can't handle nine preps anymore. I'm a first year teacher. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, I love that she brought that up because I just think, first of all, let's take a look at the fact that there's nine preps. Like how, and I just wonder what that meeting looked like when it was like, uh, what is this? Let's, uh, let's figure this out. Let's, um, figure out like if it's okay for someone to have this many preps. It's not, it's, that's ridiculous. Uh, I was talking to someone yesterday that has to teach 85 kids at a time now in an auditorium. That's not sustainable. So it's, I think the, the idea here is like, is, is being mindful of like what's actually doable and then doing that. Um, I think changing content areas is a great idea, especially if you still like whatever you're doing. If you like that stuff, um, it's fine. Like, just go do it. Like, I think that if that's going to bring you peace and joy and happiness and give you a little bit more time and a little bit more sanity, then, then do it. Uh, teaching is not just doing for others. It's not just you know, showing up in the content areas and in the grade levels and all that stuff for, for students. It is also about like, what are we, what are your gifts to bring? What are your, like, if you have a gift in that area, then go ahead and do it. I think that that works fine. What's up? Oh gosh, sorry. Can you make that not vibrate every time? Cause I feel like it's going to show up in the recording. I need it to vibrate. Um, <laughs> on that face. Okay. We're a little, we're all running a little bit behind. So is he a little bit behind? I don't know, but I'm just going to ask one. We're going to go with a rando. Is he Alex. Yeah. I was going to shout her out for a second. Alex is asking, hi, Reynolds. It's my first year as a guidance counselor, and I'm struggling to feel like I have uh, much to contribute in meetings, especially with admin. Any advice to help grow my voice? Guidance counselor struggling to feel That's such a good question. Um, Alex, I think a way to add to the conversation is by asking. So look, I feel like one, that's a really valid point. And when I started teaching, I had a lot of ideas and I should have done more listening than talking anyway, because I knew in, in theory how things ran and how to do stuff and what was going on. But in practice, I didn't really know like if that was it was uh it was i i just i just didn't know what i didn't know yet and so it it was difficult for me um i think if i was in your shoes what i would do is show up to meetings and ask more questions what you want to do is practice using your voice and using your voice can look like uh look like um asking questions getting clarity on some things asking for someone to give examples of something, um, asking what students are being kept in mind when we're, when we're thinking about certain stuff. And then, you know, as you feel like you have something to add, do it. But if you don't have something to add, then that's fine, right? Like your job is to be there for kids. You're, you're counseling students. And if you don't have something to say amongst people that have been doing this for 20 years, like that's fine. Like, you know, I think that that's acceptable. Uh, don't feel like you have to say something like listen. And when necessary, like one of my, um, this doesn't necessarily apply, 
But I love this idea of uh, St. Francis used to say, preach always and when necessary, use words. And one of the things, I, the reason I love that is because it is, it's not just what you're saying, it's what you're doing. And so be doing the good work that you've been given to do. And then when necessary, like in these meetings, like say something, but I would start with asking questions over, um, over feeling like you need to have like a point of view or, or a take on everything. What you got? Scott Ordway is hanging out. He wants to hang awesome. out. And I think his little baby's there. Oh, I'm so excited. It, well, I thought that was a shoulder. I thought he had a, ch <laughs> I thought he had a baby boy. Oh, what's up, man? Hi. Yeah, Shade. I got my main man. I got my main man here. This is Miles. What's up, Miles? Look at that. I thought you had a tank top on for a second in the in the lower all I saw was his head on your shoulder. <laughs> I'm not I'm not months? allowed to wear tank tops. Okay. He's five months. Five months. Oh man. love it. Look at I I just love okay. them. You know, they're so fresh. You just miss it, man. I don't miss changing diapers or getting up in the yeah, middle yeah, of the night. There you go. Oh my gosh! Yes. I made my eleven-year-old hold my hand yesterday as we were walking through Lowe's, and um, I was like, "Your hand used to be so much smaller," and I can still feel it in my in my hand when she was little. So I, yeah, I oh gosh, I do miss that stuff, man. Um, what's going on, man? Well, first, I I cut my lip shaving and like half an hour ago, and it is still bleeding. So it's I need to figure this out after I get off off of here i'm like what is going on you were like let me go live on the internet with blood dripping down my face because we're keeping a real that's what we're doing right well now. i figured by the time i got on i figured by the time i got on here i'd be okay but anyhow <laughs> so my question is so in Cal in california we're supposed to go back to school hybrid by the end of the month but and i don't know how to explain this without being too complicated so my wife works at a, a school in the district She's special ed, so she's got to be there like almost all the time live. I am the distance learning only teacher, so I have some more flexibility, but I do have an elective class. So I guess my question is, I'm trying to figure out how do I watch this guy and my daughter's in kindergarten on her own different school schedule? Do you have any advice for how to figure out childcare taking care of this guy, still doing my job, because I don't know if I'm allowed to work from home since I don't have to be in the classroom. I could imagine that some teachers will say, well, that's not equitable and that's not fair. But I'm like, but look at this guy. Come on now. So I, I'm really confused on what to do. Yeah, dude, that's that's tough, man. I mean, I know like even, you know, we had a, uh, there was we had a significant amount of snow recently and someone from our school came they like were in passing like popped into one of my classes asked about attendance for the day and like were kids actually there and i said yeah yeah everyone's here and they were like um he says well good because like you know kids were asking if we had the day off and don't they know we're learning virtually and so it's like but but what i thought was i work with so many people that have like one to four to five kids at home and when it snows and everything else is shut down, now it's like, but like these folks need like childcare. Like they, like now they're supposed to teach and take care of four kids that like their things got shut down. So now they don't have somewhere to take them. So they can't pay their full attention. I think it's about, if I was in that situation, um, one, I would 
teach from home and I don't care if it's equitable or not because that like everyone needs to figure out their own situation right so like fair isn't equal and and so what that looks like to me is if I have to stay home to take care of my children because they're number one like my family's number one over everything that I do and that then that's just the way that it is and so what how can that look like uh I'm trying to do the best job that I can in this crazy year right so like I think folks are forgetting that like we're in the midst of like some madness here like this isn't business as usual and we can't take the regular school model and fit it into the virtual world especially when there are kids even stuff like I was late twice last week to a class and my kids were giving me crap about it and I was like dude my dog had to go out like I like I'm like literally ready to sign in for class and like the dog is like whining at the back door. I'm like, can't. What am I supposed to do? Tell him to wait for 80 minutes while I'm I on there. I seriously feel like I can never leave to go do errands during the day because I them like who's going to field questions from our kids? Yeah. Like they're just. Yeah. And I don't want them to interrupt you. It's just a whole thing. Sometimes so I think, I feel like but I think it's just the thing, right? It's like sometimes in life, like even right now, right? Like the what everyone can't see is like. The dog made the door open and now I can hear the dishwasher and my phone, wife's phone kept, keeps buzzing because she's texting people, but then it buzzes on the desk. And it's like the, like the idea of something being perfect is just not doable. What is the best that we can do? What's the best that we can kind of make this for kids um, with circumstances being what they are? And then I, I think paring down the work that you have to do. So like if you're teaching a class with Miles, awesome. Like I think kids will love that. Um, if you have to give kids more, like you're meeting with them in a synchronous way online, but then you're giving them asynchronous work to do. I do that all the time. Like that's what we do in school. We don't teach and talk and conversate with our students the whole time. At some point, it's like you have to ship. You have to ship the lesson. You give it to the students. They're doing it and they're being quiet and learning. And then they, you can pop in and out for questions. And that's what I do all day. Like it's like first 15 to 20 minutes with students, I'd say the next 45 minutes is kids in breakout rooms trying to figure it out. And then I'm jumping into those breakout rooms and trying to help them. And I think that that works fine. Like it's, it's, it's going to be okay, but yeah, don't forget that. Like, you know, like I feel like the education system can make us feel like we're not enough or that, like that, that education needs to be first. It doesn't. Our families are a hundred percent first. And then what is, what great lesson is that teaching our students too? Like, what like Mr. Ordway like brings his kid to class like he's like you know being a dad like sitting there rocking his kid like that is stuff that like some of our students never see they didn't experience they don't know about and so you are being the example of what it looks like to be like yeah I'm a grown up yeah like I'm a grown man but I'm trying to figure this out like and this is what figuring out looks like and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to mess up and Miles might poop in the middle of class and I have to go take care of business like this is this is life right now man and I think that's, it's okay if it's like that. Or you can, you Yeah, know, for sure. Even hiring a babysitter is just like so expensive. Like I get it. Like you could do it, like, but I don't know. But, you know, that feels nerve wracking to me too. Like put my kids in a place where I don't know how safe everyone else is being. And, you know, I don't know. I think, well, the whole point is you're home, right? Shouldn't your children be home with you? <laughs> Well, and what are you supposed to do? I know it's a it's a weird. It's right. not like there needs to be it's not like Miles is two and you can just put on so, some Nick oh, Junior for eighty minutes while you're teaching a class real quick or something. I like think that. of some of your co coworkers like that have little ones that have like three little ones. I know specifically under like yeah. the age of six, 
That's that's a lot yeah. of little ones. No. <laughs> and she's teaching. That's crazy yeah, to me. Yeah, it's crazy. So, um, yeah. Best of luck. I'd say, what if this was fun? That's what keeps coming through my head like this week. What if this was fun? Like, how could I make this actually something that's like, I don't know doesn't suck isn't something that's hard to figure out but it's just like that's nah, kind of fun like let's figure this out smiles my co-teacher i put a little tie on him every day bring him to class you know it'd be awesome yeah there you go <laughs> the best hello everyone welcome i'm miles <laughs> hi miles sometimes i poop my pants he's like boss baby awesome. you would make our children say all kinds yeah, of yeah he is yes i would i'd have glasses on him bow ties look like Oh, I know. Little Indiana Jones and the I use the face filters. I use the Zoom face filters that you showed. So I make them like yeah. a pig or a pirate and all that. And I like I get yeah, out of the way and I hold them up. That, that's pretty fun. So just mustache ones on there and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Five o'clock shadow. I love it. For sure. For sure. That's the move, man. Look, yeah. dude, my best yeah. to you. I hope it works out for you. And uh if you know, if not, we'll talk again. Oh, there's delay. A delay. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Um, what do we got? Uh, our next question it comes from Catherine Metcalf. She is asking, hey, Reynolds, I have a friend starting his own YouTube channel focused on mental health. Any advice for him? I'd say, you know, Catherine, the thing that folks get messed up on on YouTube is the numbers a lot of times. And what uh, what are people going to watch? I think you put out good content that is important to you. Um, have a sense of what people are doing. Like, you know, like I, I think like the best place to get. So I think this one, it's about building community, right? So it's about not about numbers, but it's about caring for the people that are, that are watching you. Sometimes this live feed has a lot of people watching it at one time. Sometimes it's not as many people, right? But you don't show up and like try half as hard when it, when it shows up, you still show up. You care for the people that show up because they showed up. And you give your all and then you read the comment section afterwards and you make videos based on the comments. You, you reach out to people based on the comments. And so a lot of like what I get to do in this is show up to be a blessing to people, show up to help people where I can and create space for other people to help one another as well. Right. Like, so like I say all the time, this isn't just about me, but it's about other folks. It's about helping people to feel like they belong to something. and care for them and then help them to care for one another. And I think that that's, that's it. So your, what videos you're making are an expression of care, right? What uh, content you're creating, the comments you're making back to people, the emails that you're sending, like it's all an expression of care. And I think once, if you keep that in mind, then the other stuff just becomes like, you're not so worried about it. Um, other than that, I'd say don't get, don't sweat things like uh, looking up, like trying to have the best audio or video quality. It's like you're, there's a lot of stuff you can do for free. And, and a lot of people spend a whole bunch of money on stuff. And it's like not really necessary. Like you could get like if your iPhone is like pretty new, you could just put it on a tripod or prop it against your windowsill, um, have the light shine on your face. And then that looks pretty good. Like my friend, I just found out this the other day. I don't, I don't know if this is putting her on blast, but I just saw it was so brilliant. Um, Latonya from Smarty Styles is a good friend of mine on YouTube and she pays for nothing extra. She literally just shoots from her camera 
in front of a window every day. Like she doesn't use a light ring because of her glasses. She doesn't, uh, there's like no fancy extra stuff that she does. It's just shooting in front of a window every day. And I just thought that, that was so awesome because it just speaks to that, that ability. Um, so yeah, it's caring for the people and don't go nuts on like spending money on stuff. Like don't get focused on numbers, focus on people, focus on the folks that show up um, and not a play button or, you know, and make your own play button. That's what I did. That situation up there. Oh, can't really see it because I have stuff in front of my computer. Um, but yeah, my best to them. What you got? Um, Stephanie Shook is just saying she said she doesn't have to be live, but she just wants to celebrate with everyone. She just finished her last master's class yesterday and she's feeling like she can breathe. Woohoo! That is awesome. Yeah, good job. What a great feeling, feeling. to like Oops. be done that. So good for you, Steph. That's awesome. Um, Cho is somewhere in here. I just text her. I don't. I don't know if she knows how to get in here. She just said, um, I have no question. Just hanging out for a little bit. So, you know, ironically, I have this picture back here today because I got it printed. Um, this is one of my favorite pictures in the world. This is me and Cho uh, doing hallway duty. Well, Cho was doing hallway duty and probably eating a snack because that's what she always does. I was getting coffee and I had a sweater on and I said it was hot that day. But whenever I wear a sweater, I don't wear all my shirts under sweaters never have sleeves on them. I just cut them off because uh, it's annoying. It gets all cut up in your sleeve and stuff like that. So I took it off. And then this is Cho's look every single day that I did anything in school. <laughs> and I love it. It just sits back here. Um, She's got to be my favorite person I ever worked with. She's the best. She is the best. She Except she doesn't know how to find the link to get into <laughs> Cho, you're a student at Harvard. <laughs> Hold on, Cho. I'll get you there. Let's answer a different question first. Uh, CJ97 uh, is saying, hey, CJ, I will be a first-year teacher in the fall through TFA. I have a lot of experience tutoring and teaching ESL at nonprofits. What else would you recommend to help me get off to a good start? So I think, um, I think keeping in mind that there's no one-size-fits-all an education. And sometimes folks will try and have you believe that, that they figure that like, you need to do it this way to get this outcome. And it's just not true. Like you don't have to do sit-ups to get abs. There's 97 other ways to get abs than to do sit-ups. You don't, there's no one way. It's like Reese's cup, right? There's no one way to eat Reese's. And I think that that's one. And two, it's showing up, um, with students and getting to know them and not pretending that you know them, right? Because even if I taught like, so I, I really, really, really learned this by when I taught in Camden, New Jersey for the first five years of, of my teaching career, um, I really thought I had, I gained a sense of like where my students came from, what the neighborhood was about. Like I put in a lot of work about like learning about the history of Camden, New Jersey and its transformation over the years. And especially the neighborhood with which I was teaching in Kramer Hill. Um, I did like just really tried to get a sense of like who I was teaching and what folks were about, what was important to them and that sort of thing. When I shifted to um, West Philadelphia, it was still Title I schools, still tough neighborhood, but what I knew before didn't necessarily serve the folks that I was working with now. Like the slang changed, um, the value on certain things that folks 
put value on, like change. Like there was just, there were a lot of differences. And I thought like, oh, I'm used to working in this. Um, let's say, call this, I'm more used to working in this poor neighborhood with, um, with folks. That's got to be the same as this. And it's just not. And it wasn't the same when I worked in Africa. And it wasn't the same when I worked in Camden. It wasn't the same when I've done work all over, uh, all over Philadelphia. Like, and so going into it with that mindset of like, how, what do I need to learn? How do I need to grow relationships? How do we need to become part of the community is something that I wish I'd thought of before. And that's something that I've had to learn the hard way. And it's like a little bit embarrassing even um, to just think that like, I even thought that way, but it's about being honest with yourself and about showing up for those, for those students. Um, and that, yeah, I think that's the jam. Um, yeah. Good, good luck to you, man. I used to work uh, with, speaking of TFA, show was TFA. Um, I'm going to beam you in now. What's up, buddy? Yo, I've never used this before. What? StreamYard. Uh, yeah. Well, it's cool. It's because you have to pay for it. So it's not like a common, but like, I think there's like a free version, but it's really, it's like, crappy oh they're advertising it's like free every, yeah then it just looks like it basically it looks like first of all it looks like this and it's like with all their <laughs> stuff on it's like no i don't i don't want to do that um how are you man oh you know it's midterm season so i got my readings sitting on my couch trying to get through case studies it's exciting stuff yes um can you real quick i know who you are and i would i would love to tell everyone who you are but can you tell everyone who you are and what you do um, who I am. I am Cho. I used to work with Reynolds at Boys Latin for what, six years? Um, yes, there's a lovely picture of one of our interactions. Um, so most recently at Boys Latin, I was a dean of students. I taught for seven years before that, um, science teacher, department chair, etc. And now I am a doctoral fellow at Harvard's Graduate School of Education. I'll tell you what, I don't, I never went to Harvard, um, but I know a lot of people that did. And I just feel like at some level, just like, sorry, it, I don't know, maybe it'll rub off on me or something. Like, <laughs> like, that's what, so it's like, I'm not fit all the time, but I have a lot of friends that are fit. And so maybe that'll just. That's not how it works, Reynolds. They're good habits will rub off on yes, me. Yes, it does, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. It works exactly like that. Girl. I eat Cheetos. He's healthy. Look at him. Let's hang out. You just keep going to the gym and work out for me, girl. Yeah. You're the, the five people you hang out with the most with. Um, how, how have you been? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's COVID time. So I feel like everyone is experiencing their own kind of crazy. Hmm. Um, for me, it's I'm sitting at front in front of my computer from 8 a.m. until usually 5 or 6 p.m. You know, the struggle has been trying to figure out how to structure in breaks, right? So, like, amongst the classes and the meetings and, you know, the consulting sessions and everything, you got to create, like, I put stuff in my calendar to eat breakfast, eat lunch, go for a walk, work out, right? Like, all of those things so that... I'm not sitting in front of the computer for nine hours at a time. hundred percent. Yeah. That's uh, I, I do too. Like, it's like my five to 7. AM thing is like, it's in my calendar. It says it every single day, reminds me to do it every day. And then, it, you know, I, the thing I like about that too, is that when I can check that off, if it's like a feeling of satisfaction to be able to say like, Oh no, I did this. Yeah. 
So like that was a that was important. That was just as important as all the work I have to do because if I don't do that, then I can't do all the work that I have. Sometimes, to do. Joe, it's not even on the calendar necessarily, but it's on his like to do list for the day. It's mm -hmm. like it's as simple as have fun, smile, yeah. dance today, do something yeah. silly, yeah. Oh, play that, video games. The other day, the right? Kids. It was uh, like, dance and laugh with the kids. That was on my to do list for the day. But and I then, think people underestimate and like, right? Those things are super important for our mental yeah. health and like. Yeah. They have to be scheduled just as important. It's they're just as important as scheduling a meeting, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Cho, you actually have a question. Oh, uh, yes, Dela Classroom, our buddy Dela Classrooms. Uh, not he's saying not sure, sure if you can see this, but what type of science did you teach? Hey, Dela Classroom. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, so I taught a couple of different types of sciences. Uh, started with chemistry. I taught forensic science at one point. I don't know how I got landed with that. Remember that? Um, I taught biology, a little bit of physical science. So I dabbled in a whole bunch of stuff. And then I was the science department chair. So I really interacted with all the different sciences at one point or another. Um, you know, I remember talking to you about that at one point because somebody was like going to like, I don't know, like you needed like a science teacher in some in some class. And I was like, oh, why don't you just have this person teach that? And you were like, no, it's completely different. Yeah. It's not like literature. We're like, whether you teach ninth or twelfth grade literature, there's like very little that you have to learn to be able to do it. Like I'd probably have to like refresh myself on a bunch of stuff, but like yeah. it's not learning like basically a whole new subject matter. I was like, oh no, it's science though. It's all science. And you were like, no, it's like no, really. biology to chemistry to you know whatever else physics is completely different. Yeah, it's never dawned on me. Like I just, I'm like, that was like history. Like, I don't know, just learning history. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are whole, like, pockets of sciences, right? There's, like, life sciences, there's physical sciences, and, like, the skills that you need to do either or any of those different categories of, of things is completely different. Like, you couldn't take a biologist and put them in a phys physical science laboratory and expect them to do the work. It, it requires a completely different set of skills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, any other questions? Um, Let's give Joe I... some questions. Oh, you want to have a flex those Harvard muscles. Oh, oh. Lord. Oh, goodness. We'll keep yammering for a minute. Let me <laughs> um, how, how's being in Boston now and being around your cohort and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, for anyone who is interested in looking into this program, it's the EDLD program. So education leadership doctorate um, and just a bit of background. It's like very practice based. So I'm not sitting, you know, doing a bunch of research and stuff and very much interacting with real life problems. And um, yeah, it's been good being, so I'm in Cambridge. I live here in Cambridge. Boston is like a 10, 15 minute ride away. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's strange because I keep hearing that normally it's pretty busy. It's a bustly little town right outside Boston, but it's pretty much a ghost town right now. So yesterday I went out to dinner with some friends and then we walked through Harvard Yard and it's just empty. It's completely empty. So it's strange. It, fe it feels more like I'm at school than when I was in California. Yeah. Um, but it's still not, you know, it doesn't feel fully like the real thing. So just excited to get actually on campus and in person next year, hopefully. So but I'm, I'm also thinking about how, like, when you were in California, you were, like, everyone else was in Boston together or, like, you know, in at school together. And you were the one who was, like, in California. Um, 
how has it been like being able to like meet those folks and see them and hang out with them and stuff like that, like face to face? Yeah. So, I mean, there's like, I'd say probably about a third or maybe half of us are here in, in the Boston area. The rest of the people are scattered throughout the country. Oh, really? um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting because the whole model of the program is to make it so that we build strong networks with each other. Um, and, you know, not being in person with each other and not even being in the same time zone in many cases, is it's difficult to build relationships with people over Zoom, right? Like there's only so much that you, you really talk to people about over Zoom, especially if you've never even met them in person. Um, and so it's been really great getting to know the people who are actually physically located here. Um, it just adds a different level of, of kind of camaraderie I guess knowing that we're in the same place like we are physically right outside of Harvard's campus like we are currently present where we technically go to school so um yeah it's been it's been really helpful in terms of building deeper relationships with people in my cohort yeah that's awesome I love hearing that uh, what you got? All right. Josh is asking, uh, hey, Reynolds, question. So a kid reached out to me via my educational Instagram about someone someone who was contemplating suicide. I reported this to my principal and had to show the evidence screenshots. And now I got put on an improvement plan for communication with students on a social media platform. Is my educational, motivational Instagram? Oh, it is my educational, motivational Instagram account. Many of my teachers are telling me to delete my account, but I know how beneficial social media can be. What are your thoughts? I feel as though I didn't do anything wrong, but I have broke a district policy with communication. Um, man, I know what I think about that, but I don't what, do you, that question. what do you think? Is he asking if what he should do about his channel or what he should do about this new initiative? Uh, I think both. Um, and did I catch at the end there that it's something against the district policy? Yeah. He didn't know. He, he says. Apparently I broke a district policy with the communication. Man. I mean. It's tricky, right? Because it's, it's, it's policy, but. I don't know. It's, it was a cry for help too, right? It wasn't like you were just kicking it with some kids and like talking like nonsense or just having fun. Yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd be really interested in what the school would say if you said, okay, facts, like I did, like that broke policy. How would you rather me better like handle this better in the future? Like kids are reaching out the way that kids reach out, which is with a DM or a text or, you know. And it's a teacher account, which there's nothing inappropriate or wrong about that. He's allowed to have it. I guess it's the communication error because the, the student reached out through social media. Yeah, but to me, it answered. feels like if it's a, if it was an emergency, like, or if it was like a, a concern like that, it just seems. I wouldn't. Yeah, it seems I would like when not we delete stick to rules just to stick to rules. Right. Yeah. And I would say, nope, I felt like this was a, an emergency. It wasn't just a casual conversation. It was something of a serious nature. And, and that's why I, broke, I felt like it needed to be handled. Yeah. But he still did everything appropriately, brought it to school. I, uh, think, I think the key here, first off, I think that Josh should um, 
look into what is actually the district policy, right? Like, is there an actual rule that says that teachers cannot communicate with students in that way? Because to me, social media has become just like texting, right? So is there like some sort of rule that says you're not allowed to communicate with students electronically in that way? Number one. So someone said it's because uh, often districts have a thing where you can't have private messages with students. So I guess like if it was an email to the school, like they have all those cat, like anybody can like go into our email. So like boys Latin, like, you know, any of the admin can just tap in and see what we were doing. Um, but I guess if it's private, that's what they're going to stay away from. Interesting. So what would you tell that person to do? Did you answer them? I'm, I'm wait, I'm look, the gears are moving in her head right now. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, I mean, I would say honestly, like this kid was crying for help. Sure. Okay. Maybe, maybe people feel like it might be inappropriate, which I, I do understand right from the perspective of the district, like that could be like a liability type of thing that they need to think about. Um, but I think that the key here is like transparency. And so being very open and having communication with all parties involved, with the student, with the social worker, with the school leadership, with the family, so that it's not like, oh, you're quietly like behind the scenes talking to my student. No, yeah. it is that we are all having like in community having conversations with this person or this child. And like this child obviously needs help and needs all of our, our input and our support. Um, and I think that that, like, I used to communicate with students electronically all the time. Like, I'd had kids text me. But in addition to that, anytime a student did text me, I was immediately in contact with their parents. Yeah. I was, I, like, I let people know at the school community that I spoke with this child, right? Like, it wasn't a secret. Like, I wasn't doing it behind the scenes trying to be all shady. It was very much just a way for students to communicate with me if they needed something. Yeah. Um, and I think that that transparency was helpful. But those are the details that I think really matter. So one of the things I love that, like, I don't know if you know this, but like when Cho would give someone a ride home, I remember you saying like, if you were giving like uh, a young guy a ride home, you would like call their mom, make sure that it was cool. Say, we're going to leave now. GPS says I'm going to be there in nine minutes. So, you know, it's not like, like exactly what's happening. Like here is the plan. Clear. And like you're waiting for your Uber. You're just watching that little dot come towards you and then dropping the kid off. And so, because I, and look, I think these rules are made because folks aren't safe because people do make poor decisions because they do get too close to students or they in like a weird way, right? Like we're crossing boundaries that are, that are not safe or healthy. And, um, but if you're doing something like that, I just think it is, if you're doing it for kids, and you're, you know what your motives were, then whatever, man. If you're going to put me on some kind of like, now I'm in trouble or like you have to like watch my activity, then fine. But I wouldn't change it. Like you created a, a, a space where kids felt safe to reach out to you about something that was like literally life or death. Awesome. And like, I just, I think being willing to get into that kind of good trouble, but then knowing going forward that you're not going to make those like, all right, now I know, like if this were to ever happen again, or students reaching out, it's like, nope, I just don't answer their DMs. I just delete them or let them know like, Hey, this isn't a place where you can communicate with me unless, you know, if it was an emergency. Yeah. Myesha Hutchinson uh, says our district policy states that we cannot have one-to-one -one conversations with students unless it is through email or Google classroom. So they're very clear on that. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't even know there were policies Crazy, about man. that stuff.
Um, you guys don't have a policy in your school back then? Uh, I know of. <laughs> but the leadership changes so much, I don't even know that they always know what policies are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, David. Like, um, where are we? Who's, wait, so who's in charge? David Plaston has a follow-up. He says, how did you gain experience adding relevance to science concepts? Would getting a master's in science be worth it? He teaches uh, bio and chem. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so I guess to give background, I was a Chinese major in college, placed to teach chemistry through Teach for America. Um, and to be fair, I definitely struggled figuring out those things like in the beginning, but I don't think that having an extra degree in science or any science would have made that process any easier. Like figuring out how to add rev relevance is really more so about like you taking the time to learn about like what is the current climate in the science sector, right? Like in all the different research and like, um, you know, inventions and technology, anything STEM related that's happening and keeping it really relevant currently, like in terms of time. Um, and then getting to know your kids and seeing what they're interested in to figure out how, like where are the intersections between what is relevant currently and what your students are actually interested in from there it's here's how i perceived my role as a science teacher there was a ton of stuff that i didn't know there was always going to be questions that i couldn't answer right no matter how well rehearsed you are there's always going to be new things that you don't know about my bigger role in my mind was to get my kids interested in science so that they would want to go and do this like research outside of class and look up articles and like right pursue this in college potentially if that's their path. Um, and so I think it's a matter, it depends on the way that you perceive your role as a science teacher. If it's more so to like provide students with that content, then maybe it might be helpful to get another degree in it. But if it's more so like initiating that that interest and that passion for it, then I it's I don't think it's necessary. Great answer. Why did you go to, why did you want to go to school for Chinese? Bro, I started out as pre-med. It kicked my butt twice. Really? Yeah, I got horrible, horrible grades. Show. I know, horrible grades in organic chemistry. I do not even believe you. I don't oh. believe horrible grades and show, they're like opposite magnets. Like, <laughs> no. I got a D minus my first time taking it. And then I was like, no, I got to try this again. And I got a D plus the next time I took it. And at that point, I was like, I can't. Like, this is not meant for me. Yeah. Um, and so I had taken Chinese as like a side thing just in case the pre-med stuff didn't happen because I, you know, I always have a backup plan. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll be a Chinese major and I'll go translate or I'll work in business or something, right? Like Chinese is really useful. So I ended up majoring in it, and then I applied to Teach for America on a way. I was very much go with the flow in college. It was not the show that you know now. Chinese <laughs> is like, it's like, what? Like, TFA. Those are all yeah. very different tracks. Right, right. And I was like, I don't have a job, so I might as well just apply to this thing and hope I get in. And I got in. Here I am, eight years, almost nine years later, still in education. I always felt like it was cheating when I growing up with if I had friends that like spoke Spanish and then we were in Spanish class. I'm like, dude, you're a hundred percent cheating right now because you already know. You already know what we're learning. I don't know anything. I have to learn this. So, yeah. All right, let's ask. Some okay, um, wait. Let me clarify though. I'm Korean. Oh, so snap. I speak English, Korean, and Chinese. That was hundred percent. That was I a hundred percent knew that too. And you totally did. 
I don't know why I was thinking. Because I, I was distracting him off the side. I'm like, <laughs> no, I in, in my mind, in my head, I had in my head that you grew up speaking Mandarin for some reason. I don't know why I was thinking of that. Does our neighbors speak Mandarin? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But the, I was because we're always joking about it. We yeah. are when you come over. <laughs> okay, right. let's not tell that story. <laughs> Cheyenne is asking. Um, Cheyenne is asking, hello, I'm a new teacher. I'm about to start a four-week research unit with my ninth grade. Any ideas to make it interesting and successful? I was considering journals. Topic is event or development history. Um, sure, I do. So <laughs> I, I think it's tying it to some, in some way, shape, or form into like one like, what's your why behind doing it? Like, making sure that your why for what you're doing is really ingrained in the kids, that they know, like, why this is important. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to go beyond that it's going to be on the test or that you're going to use this in college. Right? If And that's if your students aren't really, like, super college-focused. Like, our guys, I feel like our students were always like, um, yeah, I'm going to go to college. And it was like, for what? Like, because I want to be in business. Dude, like, like, it's like the... the it didn't always add up. They didn't know really like what they wanted to go into business for or why they wanted to go into business or what they wanted the outcome of that business to be. Um, but it's helping your students know why. And then I think it's tying it in some way, shape or form to think that they're interested in already. So like bridging the gap between like, uh, I have a dude for senior project this year that is doing, um, it's based around the show and the game and the culture of Pokemon. And at first I was like, bro, what? Like, all right, let's talk this out. But then it was this weird cultural thing or, or like this weird thing, like, yeah, in, in popular culture where like Pokemon's pretty much been a mainstay and it's been re able to reinvent itself for so many different generations. It came out in like 1996 or something. And that's so interesting when so many other shows and platforms and games have come out and fallen by the wayside, like what makes it, what makes this so interesting and how has that company been able to, to do this? So that's what his research is based around. And so, yeah, but now, but now he wants to look it up because now he's learning about something that he likes, but just using all the tenets of how to look up good research, how to suss things out, how to make things engaging, that kind of thing. Um, what would you say? Yeah. I tell you what, I used to do um, a major research project with my ninth graders about um, genetic mutations. Um, and first, I think the most important thing was providing students with options, right? So like you said, right, and making sure that it's something that they're interested in, and they know what they're interested in, uh, at least at that level, I would say with ninth graders. Um, so giving them like a list of options that they could opt into. And then I remember first, they, they, the final product was that they had to create like a visual of some sort like a poster or like a science fair type of, you know, trifold. And we had them posted around the room. I invited other teachers and staff members from the building to come and look at them. And we did kind of a science fairy type of format where people could just kind of come through and listen to the people, to the, the kids and their um, projects. And then we did like a Socratic seminar style thing and kept it super informal, like legit. I was sitting on one of the desks. The kids were all sitting in their chairs. The kids who were presenting could sit on top of the desk. They could stand in the front. They could do whatever they want. Um, but we were just having a conversation and listening to each other about what was their area of expertise. Hmm. I think having that combination of like, number one, not having this format where you have to stand in front of this entire group and speak 
remove some of the pressure. Um, and then the kids were able to really concentrate on actually learning the information because I wasn't going to be grading them on like if they could stand in front of a class and, and speak on all the points that they learned. Um, so, yeah, any of those could be potentially helpful. It's a good idea. What you got, dude? Okay, next question is next question. from Britt. What are your thoughts about adding video lessons into a classroom lesson structure for the purpose of self-paced student learning, like structured taught by um, the Modern Classroom Project? Oh, I think this is fascinating, and I think I it's so important. Um, do you know that Dia Ward did this last year? Do you know about mm -hmm. his free classes? Yeah. So, um, so for those that maybe haven't heard me talk about this before, I worked with this guy, and Cho and I worked with him last year, who all of his first five to 10 minutes of class were like a pre-class where students would come in and they would engage with like thinking about some problem that was going to kind of set them up for the day. And what he found was that as a first year teacher, like trying to do that, trying to take attendance, trying to answer questions, trying to get like attendance put into the computer. Like there were all these sort of like housekeeping things that had to have happen also. And it was, it was too hard to get it done. So we started making like these little videos and he's still doing this, by the way. Like he just does like real world math where he'll like was at a car wash the other day and like made a real quick video about like, here's the car wash. This is how it works. What happens if you take this percentage off and then this many cars come through or whatever, um, how much money would they make? So he makes these little videos. And then while the video is playing, the kids know one, they can't interrupt them. Like it's when the train's moving, you got to pay attention now or the moment's going to pass. And he can engage with students that need extra help. He can get the attendance done. He can get all the housekeeping things done and help kids be cared for in those moments. I just think that, that was so brilliant to me. I was like, one of those things where I was like, damn, I wish I thought of that. Like, you know, it was, it was so smart. Um, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, what do you, what do you think, dude? Yeah. So I uh, taught, remember ecology, we created mm -hmm. ecology. It was like a trimester long class or like a, an elective. And I taught it completely on computers, like completely self-paced student learning. So what I did was I created units um, based on the different units that correspond to the biology classes because it was supposed to supplement them for like keystone learning. Yeah. Um, and then helped the kids figure out where their areas of growth were, like what, what parts of biology were they kind of weakest in. And then they arranged the units in order from like most highest priority to lowest priority. So the kid got to work. I gave them like two weeks per unit. I was like, here's seven assignments, do them within the two weeks, do them at your own pace. And then what that created was like all the kids would come in, they knew exactly what to do as soon as they walked into the classroom, they would open up their laptops, and get to work on their parts. And then if a kid needed, like you said, you know, some more one-on-one -on -one attention, I could really go and sit with that kid for the entire class period if I needed to. And everyone else is just kind of doing their own thing. Um, it also kind of opened up for kids to work in groups, right? Because different kids were working on different units at different times. But like when they are working on the same unit, they could really work together on, on them without much guidance from me. It's a lot of work, I think, on the front end in terms of planning, like the directions and making sure everything is clear enough where kids can just open it up and get started on it. Um, but once you have that figured out, it just it flows so well. Yeah, I, I think one of the things I noticed last year folks were getting caught up on and I know I did, too, was I started making videos for students last year because we were completely asynchronous when all this kind of kicked off. And I got caught up in the production of it, which was really fun on the front end. But then 
like three weeks in, I was like, oh my God, if I have to make a friggin' video every day, it's taking me two hours to make a 10 minute video. What I learned though, was that even having your directions, like having an audio version of your direction. So if someone needs to go back to it, they need to touch base with it again. It's not reading directions, which no one ever, ever does. I'm not saying like kind of shift because of kids, like, you know, inability or unwillingness to read directions, but it is creating directions because sometimes you read it and read it and read it like, and you just don't get it. But to hear somebody say it, it just makes more sense to you to watch a video of someone saying, okay, here's the worksheet. This is what we're working on. Here's the lesson plan. Here's the part in your computer that you're clicking on first, second, and third. That just makes more sense to kids. So I think when you're creating video content, what you're doing is you're really also differentiating your instruction and creating um, pathway for students to, to have access that they, you know, they wouldn't otherwise, um, because they just, they, you know, I don't know, especially when you're learning at home, it's like, there's so many things to distract. This is what we're learning. Every once in a while, some kid unmutes themselves and you hear the 97 things going on around them. And it's like, you know, and then we're getting mad at them. Like, bro, I just read the directions, you know, I do get angry with those kids. I know that they're home by themselves. They're sitting at a desk and all their needs are met. And I'm like, seriously, like I, just, I put the same kid every day, Jaden, I'm in a breakout room. And then he comes, he like always guests me in there. Yo, Ren, Ren, what are we doing? Bro, I swear, I swear. I'm not telling you, go read the directions. Like you have a 98, go figure it out. Um, cool. What do you got? Can I have another question? It comes from our buddy, Diary of a Mad Black Teacher. She is saying, hello, my favorite uh, teacher tuber and favorite Winnie Cooper doppelganger. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. Thank you. Uh, question, how do I get more involvement virtually when the district keeps sabotaging us? Well, oh. example, they changed all low grades to NC, which I don't know what that means. And now the kids really don't work because they know receive Fs. Oh. <sighs> She's struggling. We are Facebook friends, and I We're, see some of her about like the kids in her classroom, and I just feel, it makes me think of my conversation last and night. It's, it seems like it's not just it's not the teachers, like it's the district. It's a lot of, so sorry to say, kind of it's a, lot a lot of what BM is doing. It's ass covering, man, is it what is. it is. It's like it's not with the students in mind. Joe, I had a someone last night. This reminds me of this. It's like this kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. I did a call with someone last night. They said, "Here's the new issue." We're moving back in person, 100% um, in person. The school has, um, I don't want to, I'm not going to say specifics just in case, like I don't, I don't want anyone to connect on. So like the school has health issues that they need to address. So they're, the students and teachers are no longer allowed to be in, in there. So they put the kids in an auditorium at another site. So now she has to teach English to 85 kids at a time and there's no wi-fi so you can't what? <laughs> so she goes what do i do you go you finally did it you finally have asked me a question that not only do i not have an answer for i'm not coming up with a solution for because it's that dumb it's like what did that scenario look like they're all sitting in a room like okay what can we how can we figure this out and i and you know and part of that comes from it just an an aggravation of like look if this was Hurricane Katrina and your school got wiped out. And now the only place we have to go is an arena and we have to teach these kids like in mass like this. I'd be a hundred percent behind it. like, you know, we all of us it. together in school, we would have met together, figured out best practices for kids and how we're going to like 
how we're going to to find success in this moment. But when it's like, what, like in this moment, it's like, wait, school whoa, messes up. Your gross oversight of your of your of your location has now led to us having to teach in this situation in the middle of a pandemic. And so they ask, like, well, what about the six space, six foot rule? They're like, oh no, that's gone now because the cases have really dropped. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. It's not part of the the conversation. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, so I'm like, what are the ants? I don't even know. Like, if I did have to be gung-ho, I'm not sure what I would do, but it becomes one of those things that's just so absurd. Um, that it's like, what? What did this meeting sound like? Where, who had this meeting? Was it anyone in education? Or like, I don't know <laughs> who's doing this. So anyway, that's on the front end. What how I'm thinking about that. Um, so how would you answer that question? Yeah, what do you do? I think that this is this is where we all need to start thinking about truly. Is there like what do grades even mean? Right. And like, are children really motivated by grades? Because let me tell you how I've taught whole classes of children who could not care less that their grades were 15%. And so I feel like on some degree, there's an opportunity here to rethink what kids are motivated by and how we might be able to create that in our classrooms. I think something that a lot of teachers are doing right now is like gamifying their classes and like redirecting that energy from like, oh, I need to get a good grade to, oh, I need to win this game. And then once they're into that win the game mindset, like they might be more willing to get that work done um, and not even realize or feel like it's work, right? Um, but when it's only grade motivated, it doesn't necessarily mean that that all the kids will be engaged. And that's such a good point too, because it's, it is not, it's not just about the intrinsic like rewards of education and how it like makes you smarter and potentially a better person. I think a lot of it has to do with this idea that like we like what are grades for? Like like school I, I you know I and we've talked to kids jointly a number of times where I tell them like high school's a game, bro. Like who cares if you don't like it? Who cares if you don't like that? I don't care. Like I you know some things are just hard to make fun. You can't make sit-ups fun. They just suck all the time. But if you figure out a game to play with yourself, um, like whether that's being able to check something off, being able to say that you did it, you know, you're when you know the goal you're working for. So like, what is the goal? Is it college? And I want to do this thing. And I'm excited about getting the chance to do this. If you don't play the game now, you can't do this. So like my famous one was when I talked to Joe that time where he was like, no, nah, I want to be a nurse. And he was failing everything senior year. He's like, I want to be a nurse. And I remember saying, Joe, you can't just show up at a hospital and start nursing people. <laughs> It works like and he was so excited because he wanted to be emergency room nurse because of what had happened to his friend before freshman year and it was like so all of a sudden latin latin's the thing you're gonna like get in your way that you're gonna stop you from like living your dream and like um honoring your friend and like bringing joy to like you know your family like how thrilled will your mom be that you're doing this so like stop looking at grades as the motivation stop looking at whether I like a teacher or don't like a teacher as the way I'm going to or not going to do work, but it's like, what do you really want? And that's goes back to that. Why? Like when we get kids focused on what they're doing, it's like, you know, cause I, you know, even the idea, like I had kids, uh, you, you're going to hate this. Um, dudes that get like a 73 and they're like, yes. And I'm like, really? Like, and I always go, what if you dated someone that was <laughs> 73? 
<laughs> like, what if you were in a marriage and someone was like, oh, what kind of grade is your marriage? Like, ah, this is 70. What if you're driving a car that was a 73? Like, it's not so exciting now, bro. Like, yeah, you got there, but your one window's busted. You got no air conditioning. And, like, the passenger side door doesn't open. It's a 73 you're driving right now. So, they, you know, I, I think when we can spin it and get kids to create buy-in in some other way, it's like, all right, take the grades away. I mean, we're doing that this year where we're bumping grades all over the place and stuff. And it's it's painful because that is the metric all the time. And it's like, I wish we could just remove the metric on some level and say, no, the grades aren't worth, like, to just do away with them anyway. And I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but I was, I was it, talking to Walker, was it last week or the week before? Um, and she was sharing with me that, like, kids were just not turning their screens on. They were not turning their work in. They weren't doing anything. Completely disengaged. Um, yeah. and, and what I told her was... Like, maybe it's a time to put a pause on the academic work, you know? Like, don't do an assignment tomorrow. Don't do a reading. Like, don't do, you know, those those logistical things that you're supposed to do. Ask them how they're doing, right? Take a day and just be like, what's going on in your life right now, right? What are you dealing with? Who are the people in your house that you have to, like, you know, navigate this pandemic with? Who's your support system? And, like, really get to know where they are at mentally, especially right now in the pandemic. Um, and that in and of itself can be so much more effective than trying to find like the most amazing and fun classroom lesson. I, I'll say the pushback for that though, is folks are feeling like they need to get, there's an end that they need to get to that things have been so scripted or that if, you know, like, am I going to get my job back next year because my students aren't learning enough? And, and it's like, no, no one's learning. No one's going to learn as much this year or the end of last school year as we would if we were in person because the systems are all out of whack. It's just not the same thing. Um, and so that's what I hear a lot from like, yeah, but I have to keep moving the needle. So the other day in class, um, we did two things. One, first of all, dude, this was so funny. I recorded my, it was funny to me. I recorded myself sitting there going like this. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> I, know made it's already it, terrible. I made it my Zoom background. And then I closed my camera, this little slidey thing, closed my camera. So that's all you see. And then I made another one of me talking. Just like that, right? Just nonsense. And so I spoke over top of it, but the kids were like, like Reynolds, what's up with your camera? Like what's going on? Like your, your words aren't matching your mouth. And I'm like, oh, I think it's just like a lag or something, guys. I'm not really sure what's going on. It was driving them crazy. One class, they didn't notice till like the last five minutes of class, right? That's how disengaged they were. And another class that I just see kids cracking up and that made, it created engagement because they were all texting one another like, yo, what's up with my mans? Like, like, how come this isn't working? Or like, watch, he keeps putting his hand on his face like every five seconds because it just runs a loop. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was really funny, right? And, but it is creating moments of, of levity it's like comic relief in a movie, right? Like it has to happen. Otherwise it's like just serious the whole way through and there's no fun. Mm -hmm. And then the journal entry was what would be a song that people would be surprised that you knew. And man, it was friggin' hilarious. It was like high school musical jams, Miley Cyrus jams. Like, and then as they were saying, I was playing them on YouTube and that took up like the first 10, you know, almost 15 minutes of class. <laughs> but the whole idea behind it was we're just 
pushing through every day, doing stuff, doing work, reading stories, answering questions, thinking critically. What if we just took a moment, took a breath to like just be here together, learn a little bit about one another, have like it's funny, you know, and you're laughing. And but I know that feeling of like when I'm sure you've you've seen this as an administrator too, like you walk into someone's room and at for the moment you're like, what are they doing in here? Like, is there any actual learning going on? And that's that's the fear of everyone. It's like someone's gonna pop in and be like, wait, what are you doing? You're all singing high school musical together? Like what? Um and so, yeah, so I just think folks get nervous about that kind of stuff. And then it makes them not want to do it because they're afraid they're going to, everyone's always afraid they're going to lose the job. So, yeah. There are so, millions of children missing right now in the United States from education. Like the fact that kids are showing up at all, like even turning on their computers, that's something to recognize. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know what you want to do. It's about, it's after two. Uh, you have a couple more questions. We answered Ruth's and then Ruth popped into the feed. Cool. So I'm not so sure where you want me to go from here. Um, I, I can rock those. I, I, won't, I don't have to keep, you want to do a couple more? You want to, what do you want to do? Or you I can, can peace let out anytime, show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Let's keep going. All right. All right. Uh, our next one is coming from Jenny. She is saying, how do I set up a research project when I only see my kids grade nine online twice a week. They only really write while I'm in class and three of six classes are included in title one school at risk. Um, any thoughts? Don't do writing. Um, so what would you do then? I would give options, right? Like, so in every project that I ever gave to students, there was an option to draw a comic strip or draw like a picture or write a poem, write a rap song, like, you know, do, you can do a paper if that's what you feel so inclined to do, but like there were always other options. And then if there's something that's not on this list that tickles your creative fancy, let me know. And then we can talk about what might that look like in the form of a project. And I think giving kids the option, number one is really helpful because different, like kid, people in general just communicate in different ways, right? We process information in different ways. Um, and so, you know, I think it's just general good practice to provide those options. And especially right now, if there's just no, not, the bandwidth is not there to provide that support. Um, there are other ways for kids to show mastery of a topic. I think also, um, it's a really great point. Um, the, the not writing piece. I think if you are going to write, it's about making it in very sizable chunks so that it doesn't seem overwhelming. It's not an eight page paper. It's you know, a page or it's a paragraph, or it's a sentence or whatever it is. And, and really getting a clear look on that, because um, I think sometimes we are, we overwhelm kids by saying, here's the project. And it's like, today, let's talk about like your opening statement. How are you going to like catch people's attention? Let's talk about your thesis. And we're going to work on that, whatever that is, you know? And then I think there's just other ways, like you said, to take Here's like, why, why a research paper, first of all, right? So like understanding why we're writing research papers, what are the things that we want students to learn throughout writing the research paper? Um, and then seeing if that equates to anything else. When I used to do, uh, par when I first started teaching, they wanted us to do five, pa five paragraph persuasive essay every year, right? And the way that we did that was through the lens of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, right? Which my students just didn't care about. Like, they just weren't interested in, 
that they weren't there. It wasn't like an exciting thing. Like everyone's heard that speech a million times. They've, it's been used for the example for like, you know, for it's like the Black History Month thing, like every year in every school, right? So how do we pivot? And we made it two different things. And so this is like a slightly longer answer, but like Black History became like a different thing. It wasn't tied to persuasive writing, but what was tied to it was infomercials that like pre-roll YouTube ads that are only on there, like how do they get your attention in five seconds, right? Before you can click skip ad, what are they trying to do to get you to stay on, to watch, to check it out, to see what's going on? How do Instagram ads and just like, as you're flipping through every once in a while, you get to something you're like, oh wait, what's that? And then you're like, damn it, it's an ad, but like it's, it, it brought you in. And then how are they getting you to buy? It's all the same it's all the same tools that they're using that you use in a persuasive essay, but it's in, you know, OxyClean or, you know, I don't want to say my pillow, but that guy's in the hell of a lot right now. Um, but even like, you know, there's, there's all these products that like we all know a lot of people love and use them. It's the same, it's the same game, but it's just making it on a level that students understand is actually relevant to them. So, yeah. You know, I just bought a my pillow too, and then that whole thing came Literally out. Literally right like, before the week before that came out, that dude, we bought it. Yeah, no. If not maybe a few days before. I was like, oh dang it. it. Wasn't even that comfortable. I was a little bit let down, you know. <laughs> but I'm not gonna get rid of my pillow. I'm not. I already spent money on it. Um sorry, I'm on the wrong button. The wrong button. Oh now I'm sometimes I just sing things to sometimes when you question ready i asked no i'm not ready i was ready on the wrong one stop it kalisha is asking uh, i taught for 10 years i was a great teacher my strength student engagement building connections i experienced anxiety and compassion fatigue and don't teach now how can i overcome this paradox currently i have teachers aid instead of teaching full-time i wish i could return but i am afraid that i will face anxiety and fatigue again um you saw the old question up there but uh I think <laughs> you're good at overworking yourself. Uh, <laughs> that is seriously my biggest growth edge. Like when I tell you that here at Harvard right now that I am concentrating on figuring out things that I use to build myself up, um, something that I've heard over the course of my entire career and now at school is you can't, you can't fill from an empty cup. Right. And so you need to make sure that you're putting things into place for yourself. And unfortunately, right, like no one can tell you what those things are. Um, but some things that I've started to do is, you know, real, again, scheduling things into my calendar to make sure that I'm giving myself breaks throughout the day um, and really sticking to them. Right. Like they're not just there for placeholders in my schedule. Like I'm really stopping work at those times that I get that alarm. Um, I work out every day just to get my blood flowing, especially right now when we're just sitting down all day long. Um, and I'm like exploring hobbies. Ooh, I'm going to start candle making on the weekends just for fun because I'm like, maybe that'll be something that I'm interested in. Oh, I, uh, but chose I want a candle. I got you. Okay. When I start doing it. I mean, I haven't started yet. So, and I say all of this as Kalisha, I was the person who went to school at literally six o'clock, six 30 in the morning. And I didn't leave until eight, nine, 10 o'clock at night. Um, and so I am like the queen, I think of overworking myself and not taking care of myself. And I burned out really quickly. And I, so I feel like, um, 
you know, again, being really intentional about finding what are the things that fill your cup? What are the things that make you happy and that kind of are able to take your mind away from the work for a second has been really helpful. You know, something I remember this, this happening to you where you would say, um, I, th- I feel like you said you lost weight every school year. And I know you said that your hair always looked healthier in the summer than in the <laughs> school year. And like, you're like, it would like. You really like, just would show out there no, like no. that on, <laughs> on here's the internet. Why that, here's why I think that's important is. I'm going to smack them for you, Joe. <laughs> you, no, but I think it's like, but it's really learning to listen to your body, right? It's like noticing those things and knowing yes. that this is all connected. Yeah. Um, you know, something that was said to me recently was having in mind who you want to become, right? Like, like, or what you want to do, right? So like, let's say you want to, you have a vision of like what your classroom is going to look like, how you're going to be a part of your school community and and the community at large with which you, you teach in. And then trying to answer this question, who do I need to become to be that person? And I think that a lot of times we just show up and we think that we just have the capacity for it. And it's not that we can't do the work. It's not that it's not achievable, um, but it's it's who do you have to become as a person to be that, to be who you're dreaming of. And because that person is going to be able to show up and, and handle stress. And if you can't handle stress, then figure it out. Like, like find ways to deal with stress, like find ways to deal with your past. So whether that's therapy or exercise or meditation or, you know, taking a break in the middle of the day to go get coffee, like whatever it is, you are, again, building in these things that are creating, increasing your capacity to be able to handle the things that are put on your plate. And, you know, and then knowing that sometimes those things are too overwhelming and you're not going to be able to bounce back. Like, I don't know if, did you hear about uh, Daquan Meadows? a couple weeks ago yeah it's it's on the internet so it's not like i'm sharing this yeah he was in a car accident and um he i've been keeping up with him for years online because he's he was into entertainment wrestling so like essentially like it was like the philly version of like wwe Mm. and i saw that was so weird and awesome but like he would kept doing it it was like year after year after year he was like practicing and doing it and training for this thing i just thought man, it's like my kind of guy. Like, it's so weird. Like, this is like what you chose. And I loved it. And then I got word that like, uh, um, I forget who, who posted it online and then the flounder shared it with me. And it's like, those are things that knock you down that it's like, you can't, you're not, you can't just bounce back from that. Right. And then not beating yourself up for those things. Like knowing that, you know, sometimes things are just hard and they crush you. And it's not because you don't have the capacity. It's because you shouldn't have the capacity. No. Um, but that, you know, figuring out though who you want to be. I, I'm sorry that I just told you that news, like, and that's how you kind of found out about it. But like, um, yeah, it was really, really sad to hear that. Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's that's unfortunately like the state of, especially like locations like Philadelphia, right, or any major metropolitan area, um, and really anywhere that doesn't have quality education for students. (sighs) Yeah, it's, it's an unfortunate truth. And like, the thing is that you have to figure out ways to support yourself through those things, right? Like how many students I've experienced, I think I've lost five students to gun violence in the six years or the set, the eight years that I was in Philadelphia. And 
it never, the hurt never goes away. You know, it's never easier to think about things, but you put structures in place for yourself where you have a support network, right? Like I knew that if there was a day when I was feeling extremely tired or like angry or anxious or whatever, I could just shut, shut everything down, go downstairs to your classroom and be like, bro, Reynolds, I need to talk to you for like, do like 15 minutes vent. And then I'd go off on my day. And sometimes that was all I really needed to do was like have a network of people to, to um, kind of talk me through things. Um, I also just got a therapist. I'm journaling. I'm meditating every morning. Right. So like it's a combination of things that, you know, you do on your own and then like making sure that you have people to talk to about what you're struggling with. Um, the fact of the matter is that that doesn't go away regardless of what sector you're in, right? Um, it is particularly hard, I think, for teachers, but those are just general good life skills to have. Yeah, I think uh, our community that we're part of refers to it as like having a pain plan, right? So like when you know when the when those feelings of like overwhelm come up, when the feelings of depression come up, when the feelings of um, like, I, I don't know if I'm worth it or whatever, whatever that is for you, it's having that thing of like, this is where I go. This is what I do. This is who I call. This is what I listen to. Um, and that really helps a lot. Uh, you know, I think one of the hard things this year is like that, like going upstairs to your office and like, and me saying that to you, it doesn't exist right now. Right. Like it, it's like, and not just cause you're not there, but like, um, you don't know, there's no where and when people are accessible and where you can go to see them. And like, you know, if I would say like, yo, drive with me to Dunkin' Donuts real quick. I got to talk to you for the seven and a half minute round trip um, and then get pissed off because the freaking guy Dunkin' Donuts would always give you free donuts. And I'm like, I come here every day, bro. You don't give me anything. And you're all like, That's my bro. yo, Joe, you want some free donuts? And I'm like, hey, sir. Uh, he's like, excuse me. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm a paying customer. But I got, I'm the one that just came here and paid for the coffee. Yo, Joe just got two free donuts. Give me free donuts. <laughs> That's my dude, yo. I try to be that you guy. Need to, you need to go. You need to go with CJ so we can get in on Always. that. Always. <laughs> Just come on down here. You don't think she shared <laughs> right. she ate both those donuts? Oh, I know Joe ate both those donuts on her own. I had her over for dinner. <laughs> I know her her tolerance level. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yes, you need to have Ruth hop in for a minute. She can say goodbye to them. Cool. Everybody. All right, Joe. All I'm right. gonna let you go. Thanks Bye, for coming Joe. on. I really appreciate it. Um, let's catch up soon. I have fun things to talk to you about that you'll just people say they'd like to see Cho more often. All right. Um, she's there, you fantastic. Go. Happen. there you go. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Peace. Bye. Um, let me, uh, all right. Have Ruth in here. Say what's hey. up, buddy. Hi, thank you for reading my questions. You're welcome. I appreciate you both so much. I mean, we're just, you know, we're in Detroit and we're just going through a lot, but my issue is, okay, we're going through a pandemic. Everybody's going to struggle. All right. But then when the Fs went home, all the parents complained and they changed the grade scale. So now either you care or you don't. <laughs> you know, and that's what's getting to us is like the district keeps sabotaging us. Okay, they don't, don't make them turn the camera on. They don't want to. All right. Well, you can't force them to participate. All right. Give them less screen time. All right. You know, <laughs> we're doing everything that the district don't give them any homework. All right. We're doing everything that you're asking. And they're not working. And then when the Fs went out, the parents are on 10. It's like, you can't have it both ways. You just yeah. can't have it both ways. So we don't really know what to do. And then I know everybody saw in the paper about us going back 
face-to-face uh, -face, and it's only for the teachers who volunteer. So, you know, low-key, all these stories are coming out about the kids want to go back and the teachers won't go back. Uh, we're not all vaccinated. We're not all tested. All buildings aren't created the same, <laughs> you know, so it's just a lot going on. And <laughs> it's like, how do you get them to, and it's like, I heard what you guys are saying. Well, I, I find the games are going to play. Three kids play. I asked them what the, how they're feeling or how they're thinking. Three kids answered it. The same three or four kids in every class that answered the question. Yeah. You know, but when the Fs go home, <laughs> I mean, people call me over holidays, man. Uh, what can I do about my grade? You get off my phone at Thanksgiving and Christmas because I'm busy. <laughs> so I just, it's like, it really, uh, I hate to say it, it's this codependency way of thinking that you are supposed to make me feel better you are supposed to give me something and i'm not supposed to like really give anything back but i'm just confused do you care or don't you because when they get the f you got a problem <laughs> you know yeah. i mean i still have kids i don't know what site you're talking about i don't know where the work is i just got a new computer it's march the district has been giving our computers all year it's March. You know, we don't have internet. The district hasn't given out um hotspots. And so it's it's just it it whatever the whatever the climate or the people that we work with ask for, we give them what they need and they still don't step up. So what is the solution? Because we're also being very poorly evaluated on engagement. Yeah. Me and several no. of my friends got a minimal effective on engagement. When you all told them they don't have to call, they don't have to call in. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, how are you asking me to be more engaging when nobody's there? <laughs> so I'm just saying, it's a lot going on. Go ahead, I'm sorry. You're right. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff too, but it's it, it, because what's happening is like the folks, I, I, and it's like the folks that are in that are in the know, right? That are kind of running the show for a lot of schools are. One, everyone wants to recreate the wheel, right? Like, like one of the things that is mind blowing to me is that I had friends that taught exclusively on the internet for years before this even happened, but we didn't like go to those and ask like, Hey, how do you guys do this? We were just like, no, nah, what do you want to do? Hey, what do you want to do? You think we should do this? Oh, this would be cool. And then they just kind of <laughs> threw it together. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then we're not sticking to things. And, and I think part of that is okay. Right? Like, um, the beginning of the year, they were like, no, we're going to hold these kids to a high accountability rate and we're not going to like take no, mm -hmm. take no answer and everyone has to have their camera on. And then it's like, but even though we were saying, no, some of our boys come from homes where like they don't want to be on camera. They don't want their house on camera because mm -hmm. the rooms are on point and they have like LED lights and, and de custom decals on the wall and the big screen TV and their room's a flex. Mm -hmm. And then other dudes that mm -hmm. are like, like your ceiling's falling down and like there's six <laughs> you know yeah. parents have foster kids or whatever it's just it's not the same so okay let's we can shift that to making it so that you don't have to have your camera on i get it because i don't think having your camera on and this is what i told them in the beginning of the year i'm like i don't know if they're going like this because they're watching me or if they're, they could be watching netflix i have no idea what you're watching just because yeah. you're on mm -hmm. um, yeah i thought you were laughing at my jokes turns out you were laughing at like you know new kevin hart special so right it, i get the pivoting thing but it's the it it is not knowing why or like what are we trying to get to right so it's, it's about i think having a conversation that teachers are a part of to help us understand like what are, what are what's the value prop this year like what are we putting as like 
because the messaging we're sending the students is if you hold out and don't do work and just don't care, then eventually you're still going to pass because if everybody fails, we can't fail anybody, right? Like we can't do that. But and that's what they're doing. <laughs> and and but I think that we're not having any real conversations about social emotional well-being of students that like that you know I'm sure your students I'm sure everyone has students that like when they come to school that's their place to be away from home that's their place to be mm -hmm. with them, to be themselves mm -hmm. to be the person that like they don't have to have you know I always laugh that like my boys when they I, I see them walk to school and everyone look has that look on their face of like no one's going to mess with me and they're like right. um you got the airpods in and it's just like the mm -hmm just like the way they walk to everything their mannerisms and then when they come in the school it's like hey mr reynolds how are you and i'm like really what like like you just like right. completely flipped roles but that's who you have mm -hmm. to be when you're walking to school so that no one messes with you in school it's a safe space to be who you are mm -hmm. and without with that gone like kids are really struggling and i don't even know that our students really understand why they're so tired why they're so um apathetic why they're so lethargic mm -hmm. and it's like you do anything because you live in a row home with a backyard the size of a post-it stamp and they took all the basketball nets down in your neighborhood so you can't even go play ball with your friends because they're trying to you know prevent yeah. the spread and we're not supplementing that with anything so on yeah. some level i get it with kids um i here's my switch is i as much as possible i try to acknowledge that and not just think that kids are trying to get away with stuff all the time. And I know some kids are trying to get away with stuff. I just know it, right? But it's mm -hmm. just like when I lower, I make the lesson not as difficult um, mm -hmm. because I know some kids really struggle. Some dudes are going to get away with it. Some kids are, are in a class that are completely capable of doing hard work, but instead we're doing medium work. And it's like um, they, they are not having to push themselves as hard. And it's like, it, you know, so I just, I, mean, I that's where I have to come from is like, some of you are really struggling and this is really hard and you're not going to, you don't even have an outlet for this, right? Like you don't even have school, you don't have the food from school. You don't have the love that you get from school. You don't have the belonging you get from school. And I have to stick with that. And then the district's mm -hmm. just whatever the district is going to do. Like, I just like, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, but does anyone understand that school wasn't designed to do all this? We school was never designed to raise people's children. School was doing something that it wasn't even originally designed to do. Yeah. All right, and it's like <laughs> I feel yes, the children come to school for all those things, but there's a generation of us that didn't because home gave us what we needed. So I mean, I get it. I get it that that dynamic has changed, and it's if you live long enough in this system, you see the change. But it's just Again, we're doing, I mean, again, only give them two assignments a week. Okay. Like <laughs> everything they keep saying, lower the work level. I'm walking through, like you said, record the lesson. Uh, okay. And still, it, you have the same four or five kids doing it. And I don't know. I just, I have to just, I, I have to like make myself laugh at these things sometimes because mm -hmm. we're, we're dealing with a lot of same stuff and I, and I get to talk to all these teachers that it's like the level of ridiculousness is so high that it's just like, what really? The like, bar this? is in the basement. The bar but, is in the basement and they still ain't playing. <laughs> like, like I told the kids, I'm like, I'm sorry. We went to school. 
I tried to explain them like the Dewey Decimal System, how we had to like go to the library, look up a book and look up the number and we're walking around the library for hours trying to find one book. <laughs> I'm like, you will never know the pain. If I could have hit a button on Google to find my answers, I'd be straight A's all the way. How are you all? <laughs> I just said it like, I'm sorry. Like we were dying for something like this. And we had to spend all day in the library to find two books to do our assignment. <laughs> Yeah, so, with, I don't know. A nice librarian that I had to deal with. So I think, you know, one other thing I'm thinking about too. Um, <laughs> you didn't have to grow up like this, right? Like you're a hundred percent right. But man, if there were some kids in the world that if they did have that, like there was a commercial a few years ago for like Maytag <laughs> or something like that was giving washing machines to schools so that teachers could wash their kids' clothes, and it made me so pissed off <laughs> that that was like. One of the things that they were like, what? Like now we're, what now? Like now we're washing kids' clothes? However, I've been in a situation where we have a washer and dryer in our in our basement of our school. A kid came to school and he had to walk the whole way, drenched, right? So I like went and got him some mm -hmm. clothes uh, from like the school store, gave him to him to wear during a period, took his uniform downstairs, threw it in the dryer for him real quick. So it's like, it's a both end, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm glad these, these, things exist for the kids that need them but it's not a mm -hmm. everybody's but if my man comes to school and he's like what's the alternative you're just going to sit there and like sit and wet mm -hmm. clothes all day like if i can do it i'm glad mm -hmm. that that exists. Mm -hmm. so yeah it's the expectation of it is it's it's normalizing it right, it's like exactly. saying like no 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 of course you wash kids wait you didn't wash that mm -hmm. kids clothes iron them and it's like no it, it's it's taking what teachers do out of their heart yes, right. and then saying yep. oh that's a great idea so hey everyone should do this everyone's going to do this now it's like no 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 like homogenize <laughs> it now you mm -hmm. just made it now you just made it like i don't want to do it i'm doing it because i get i have these tools at my use to to use to to mm -hmm. love but um listen i hope the rest of your year is as good as it can be and Greg's coming so <laughs> You know, that's, that's it, there, Ruth. Yeah, Ruth, hang in there and I will talk love to you, you guys. soon. Thank you. All right. You are peace. Peace. Love you so much. Bye. Um, all right. So that's it, right? Ooh, that was a long We're on one for an hour and a half. I want to let I want to get off because the, the team has been on here for 30 minutes longer than than they normally are. Um, gang, if there's ever anything that we can do to help, please know that you can still like reach out to us through the website, realrapwithreynolds.com. Um, there's all kinds of stuff. Like you can follow us on social media. I can speak to your school. You can buy the book. There's like all kinds of stuff. Um, but I want you to just know more than anything is that like what we're trying to do here is create pathways and pipelines for you to be the teacher that you were called to be and that this is a very particularly difficult year. Um, so hang in there, man. We are like, we are getting through it. We are moving forward. Things are changing. Um, and hopefully the, for the better, but if nothing else, like we have this community to rely on to show up with. Uh, and, and I just think that that's a really important uh, thing to remember. So uh, we'll see you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace.